Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Thursday morning, July the 16th in 2020 on Winter Rise. We're currently in year A, proper week 11, which is the seventh Sunday after Pentecost. On Thursdays, we like to look at the New Testament text for the week. And so we're back in the book of Romans, Romans chapter 8, verses 12 through 25. So I will read that passage. I'll provide a couple points of reflection. Then we'll spend some time praying along a theme that comes up from the text this morning. Uh, I've got some construction work going on around me outside, and so if you hear some random hammering, that's what it is. It's not anything wrong with the recording. So thanks for making this party in the morning on Winter Rise. Let's allow our souls to rise and we got together in a time of prayer. Romans chapter 8, verses 12 through 25. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live again in fear. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by Him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. And if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in His sufferings, in order that we also might share in his glory. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves, who have, are the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for the adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved, but hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. This is the word of God for us. Whenever someone is elected into a position, there's a lot of interesting components involved in it. One of those components is hope, um, because we've heard a bit of their abilities, and they've been endorsed by people, and they've made campaign promises. But one of the things that are unknown is whether they're going to get the job done, whether they're going to remain the same person, uh, whether they're going to be as reliable while they're in office as they appeared to be when they were running for office. And in the midst of all that, a third piece is an obligation. Once somebody wins your vote, there seems to be this healthy obligation that now rests upon them. Now that we have elected them to that position, they need to carry that position in the way that is honorable to our vote and so that we can have confidence in them. What I love about the, this passage of Romans is that, I mean, it's a really dense passage, let's just be honest, but the very first verse is something that's always been uh, just overwhelming to me in a certain way, in a good way. Verse 12 says, that therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh to live according to it. Up to this point, Paul has been uh, contrasting life in the spirit and life in the flesh. Obviously, the, um, the believer wants to live into the spirit, to live the life of the spirit, to join with what the spirit is doing, and to avoid the works of the flesh, the deeds of the flesh, and the power of the flesh. And so at this point, 
It's, it's really interesting because if you've been around the Christian movement for some time, you've probably heard people say, well, grace is free and we don't work for our salvation, which is true. That, that's part of the gospel. Uh, isn't it interesting then that this word obligation emerges when Paul's talking about it? He says, we don't have an obligation. We have an obligation, but not to the flesh, but we do have an obligation to the spirit. What's going on there? Um, it's simply this, way ahead of schedule, if you and I have called upon the Lord, we've been included in God's family. And what I mean by that is this, God's love for us is there, but when you look at our lives, the contents of what we think and what we say and our values and the decisions that we make, uh, those things don't all line up with God's world and God's dream for human people. It, it doesn't yet. We, we begin on a journey of transformation. We go from point A to point, a, point B. Point A is we are not uh, fit. We are not in the shape of what it means to be a Christ follower. And so the Spirit is given to us at point A, way before we even show the works and deeds and signs and the enthusiasm, the passion to follow Jesus. We get it ahead of time. In another place, Paul calls this a deposit guaranteeing what's going to happen in the future. So Christian brother and sister, even before you and I have made our first step towards Christ-likeness, we've been given the Spirit, and therefore we have an obligation. We've been elected. Um, God has given us His presence. God has given us Himself. And the goal is to become more and more like Jesus. Now, how do we get there? We get there because God helps us. Um, we and God working together works those subtle changes throughout the whole of our trajectory of our life so that the confession of who we are at point A matches how we live at point B. God is going to finish the work that he has started in all of us. He's not going to have a half-finished project. God will supply all that we need in order to get from point A to point B in a transformation journey. Therefore, we have an obligation. We've been given way too much honor, way too soon, with so little evidence in the Christian life. Therefore, we've got this healthy obligation. It's not work-based righteousness. It's a response to the great love that God has already given us. So Christian brother and sister, you and I have an obligation today to set our feet on the path of Christ to live as Jesus did. And so that's a huge, tall task. And its ramifications are important. What Paul says in the rest of this passage is that there's a groaning in creation. And what's interesting is that he links together the groaning inside of us and the groaning in creation in Romans chapter 8. And that's simply to say this. Part of being human is to work with God in the world that he's created. Uh, the Christian life is not about waiting until we leave this planet. No, the Christian life is in the middle of what God is doing in this world around us. We're, we're as image bearers and we're as co-creators. We get to go out there and work with them and work out this great plan that he has in the world around us. And so we have an obligation uh, to follow through with the good faith that was given to us at the beginning of our salvation process and to hang with the world that God so loves, that he's creating and that, he's, that he created, that he sustained, and that he's going to redeem. So he's redeeming us and he's redeeming the world around us. Therefore, we have an obligation to get busy about His work. So I want to pray for us today that we are eager to be about His work so that we can delight in all of His ways today. So let's spend some time praying this morning.
Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I thank you today that you're a good and generous God. You're so generous that you have given us great access to the kingdom, and we have not deserved it. We don't deserve it because of our actions, because of what we do, what we leave undone in our lives. But I thank you that you have trust in us. You have hope in our potential and our trajectory. And so I thank you today that what that presents us with is a healthy obligation to walk alongside loving Father loves this world and would like to see it redeemed and taken up. And so God, this day, there are times in which we don't take it up. There are times that we're trying to evade our responsibilities in this world. Father, forgive us. Forgive us when we leave things undone. So today I pray that you'd fill us with your Holy Spirit, that you give us the delight in who you are and the delight in the work that you have for us. And I pray that we would work for you with a worshipful and with a grateful heart. And I pray that we'd see the fruit of the kingdom. I pray that we'd see lives changed. We'd see pools of generosity, that we would see networks of grace and truth around us. God, we simply pray that your kingdom would come and that your will be done around us. So God, be with us. Help us to take up this obligation with joy in our hearts as we seek your face today. I ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.